Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 303 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm trying to tackle... Uh, I see what I did there. I'm trying to tackle or figure out how I can approach talking about this uh, national championship in a way that isn't disrespectful to TCU. You know what? Let me let, let me just talk about what happened. Um, one team. All right. Uh, let me first start by saying that I believe TCU deserved to be in the national championship yes i understand people had uh their doubts about tcu after losing to kansas state in the um in the big 12 championship i also understand that you know max dugan hasn't or duggan even though he was a heisman finalist i think he was more of a heisman finalist because of the record of tcu and just how surprising TCU's run was this year. I mean, think about it. I think last year they were like five and seven or something like that. And this year they were like 13 and two or 13 and one. So, or two after the national championship. So I believe TCU deserved to be in the national championship. They beat Michigan uh, in a hard fought game. They, well, yes, I understand people were saying that, uh, People were 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 were, try, were saying that Alabama maybe should have been in it. Um, I understand why they weren't, and I, and I I believe TCU deserved to be in the national championship. But with that being said, let me for, let me start by saying congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning back to back national championships. The first team to win back to back in this college football playoff era, this college football playoff format. Um, <laughs> Georgia beat the absolute dogish, and I, I, you see what I'm doing there. You see what I'm doing. Beat the dogish out of out of TCU. This final score of the national championship was sixty-five to seven. Sixty-five to seven. That was the largest margin of victory in I think college football playoff or the national championship, whether that's BCS or college football playoffs. I think that's the largest margin of victory ever. Uh, man. it There wasn't much to talk about in this game. I mean, Max Dugan, quarterback of TCU, went 14 for 22, 152 yards, two interceptions, zero touchdowns, while Stetson Bennett went Eight for 18 for 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns, zero interception. It went, when I talk about complete domination, complete domination, that is what we saw on Monday. Now, I, the, the last time I've ever seen a team get dominated the way that I've seen that I saw TCU get dominated in the national championship was probably Notre Dame when they went against uh what the Manti Tail Notre Dame when they went against uh Alabama. 
in the in the national championship and just got destroyed. This was this was on another level. Now, first of all, shouts out to Kirby Smart. Shouts out to the Georgia Bulldogs organ or program because they can't. <laughs> I don't think you understand how many key players left for the NFL or was was seniors, mostly NFL. How many of their key players left for the NFL just a year ago? Quay Walker. Like, they had, boy, it was so, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But you can kind of tell early in the season Yo, this this Georgia team is different. I mean, they're the first team I think in the college football playoff era to go fifteen and zero, or second team, or no, thirteen. The question, or the statement that we've got, I think uh, Tony Pollard said it. I believe Georgia has set the standard in. And not only just in college football, but in the SEC, or not just in the SEC, but in college football. You see, it when you lose the amount of people that they lost in the in the due to going to the league or or being a senior, you do you know how hard I would say that college football is probably one of the hardest areas to repeat. Now, yes. I understand the talent level of the NBA or the talent level of the NFL. I also understand, uh, you know, college basketball. You never – I will say college football or college sports in general, let's say. No, let's just let's just keep it at college football. College football is probably one of the hardest to repeat due to the fact of you have the transfer portal. You have key players going to, um, going to the NFL, key players – graduating it's just difficult especially when we talk about the ultimate team sport and georgia was able to do that shouts out to stetson bennett well yes he is 25 i think um which of course for people that don't understand 25 is kind of old for the college football world Uh, stetson bennett going from being at georgia Leaving Georgia to go to a JUCO, JUCO wins a national championship, goes back to Georgia, and now is a two-time national champion finals uh, or Heisman finalist. Stetson Bennett will go down as one of the most accomplished and probably the most accomplished Georgia Bulldog ever. Now, I've heard people say, oh, he's the greatest Bulldog ever, like, Let's whoa. <laughs> Let's not forget Hersh even though Herschel Walker might be dumber than a sack of bricks right now, um, or sack of potatoes, Georgia uh Herschel Walker was a Georgia Bulldog. Let's just let's just But I will I'm not gonna I'm not trying to diminish Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is one of the biggest re- even though yes, Georgia's defense is, is ferocious. Kirby Smart is an incredible coach and one of the best coaches, if not the best coach right now in college football. None of this would have been possible without Stetson Bennett, even though, yes, you have Brock Bowers, who is probably one of – he is one of the most unique players 
we've ever seen in 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 college football. From while he's a tight end, you can use him as a rusher. You can use him as a and more wide receiver packages. That's just how good Brock Bowers is. But again, none of this we're talking about the glue. None of this was possible and is possible without Stetson Bennett throwing the ball. It the national you saw quickly. We've you found out quickly one of these teams is better than the other, drastically better than the other. Again, shouts out to TCU for making it, but it was a mismatch from the start. And I understand why. I understand why. When you're playing in the big big twelve, it's like you there's different levels of things when we talk about each conferences. And let me explain that because I understand that it's not sounding the best. Pac twelve. What does the Pac twelve have that a lot of a lot of other conferences, whether the SEC, whether the the, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac twelve usually has speed. Oregon's one of the fastest teams yearly. USC's one of the fastest teams. Uh, UCLA has Chip Kelly as as their quarterback coach, and they and, well not quarterback coach, but as their coach. And you understand how fast Chip Kelly likes to run his offense. The Pac-12 is known for speed. When we talk about the Big Ten, well, the Big Ten is kind of in shambles. So let's talk about the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve is known for mostly quarterback play. And known for, you know, pass pass offenses. TCU is a pass first offense. I mean, when you look, Texas Tech, like pass Baylor, pass first offenses. When you talk when when we talk about the SEC, you're talking about physicality. You're also talking about some of the best of the best recruits. Usually go to SEC team, whether it's Alabama, whether it's Georgia, whether it's Auburn, whether it's I don't know, uh Mississippi State, whether it's Texas A&M. Usually they get the best recruits. Because that's that is the conference that has the best athletes. Usually, that's the conference that ha- that has the most physicality. That's the conference that has the most eyes on them. So, bring this back to the national championship. You saw from the t- from the jump that this was going to be a long game for TCU. TCU has never or TCU the most physical game they played and the most physical team that they played this entire year was Michigan. And I like to think that Michigan kind of beat themselves more than I mean, you had a touchdown called back, you had a fumble at the one yard line, you had two pick sixes. I just I just feel Michigan did more to lose than TCU did to win. But I'm not gonna take away from TCU's win. In against Michigan. You can tell from the jump that these are two completely different teams and one team is just bigger, one team is just faster. One team understands what the moment what 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 the moment 
understand how to seize the moment. The other team didn't didn't understand. Yes, I understand. It's like it's the national championship. No, be this is different. Shouts out to again Georgia. Shouts out to Stetson Bennett going out as one of the most accomplished and one of the best. I'm not saying the best. One of the best Georgia Bulldog, or let's let's say resume wise, one of the best resumes in Georgia's Georgia football history. Georgia is the is the standard in college football right now, and it's no coincidence that they're one of the leaders in recruiting yearly. There's no coincidence that they they're ranked number one next year. Now, yeah, I understand you usually rank number one after you win the national championship, but and and winning in this fashion is crazy, bro. Winning by nearly sixty points, fifty eight points, is insane. That's not an accident. That I understand, like you winning. I I understand people saying that Georgia Georgia got lucky uh, going against Ohio State, and they should have lost Ohio State. And Ohio State was a is a better matchup. Look, Ohio State has a once in a generational wide receiver talent in Marvin Harrison Jr. and they have a quarterback in CJ or CJ Stroud that is going to go top ten, probably top five in 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 the draft. You don't really see that every day in college football. You know what TCU does not have? <laughs> a quarterback that's going to go top five or top ten in the draft and a once-in-a-generational talent at the wide receiver. Yes, they have uh, Darius, Dave, or Darius Davis, who's a, who's a good wide receiver. Yes, they have Amari uh, DiMarcado, who's a, who's a good running back, but... These teams just look different. Look, Brock Bowers himself had seven. Brock Bowers had seven receptions for one hundred and fifty-two yards. So again, congratulations and shouts out to Georgia for winning the national championship, winning their second straight national championship, which is again something that you don't usually see in college football. Uh, Nick Saban hasn't won back to back since I think like AJ McCarron, and I w- I wouldn't be surprised if you'll see them again in the national championship next year. Their recruiting is A1, even though, yes, you're losing Stetson Bennett, and that's a big loss. You see, here's another thing. People, college football is not the NFL. And and you, you know that because of what we've seen from college football legends in the NFL. What do I mean by that? Tim Tebow was one of the greatest college football coaches or college football quarterbacks we've ever seen. One of the most successful college football quarterbacks led uh, led Florida to two national championships. I think two thousand six and two thousand eight. 
Tim Tebow will go down as one of the greatest college football players ever. He was god awful in the NFL. Terrible. Didn't even didn't shouldn't have been in the NFL. Cam Newton was more successful in college, clearly. Uh, winning a JUCO national championship, winning or leading Auburn to the national championship, and ultimately winning, winning the Heisman. But he, yes, he was a a good, really good NFL player, but never saw the accomplishment or the accomplishments that he saw in Auburn that he did in the NFL, or never saw the accomplishments in the NFL that he did in Auburn. Johnny Menzel, Heisman winner. He didn't. He didn't even work for last five minutes in the NFL. I'm saying all that to say people are saying, "Well, how was Stetson Bennett, and why is Stetson Bennett considered one of the best players in Georgia's Georgia history?" But doesn't look like he'll fare well in the NFL. We're not talking about the NFL. We're talking about college football. These are two completely different entities. Stetson Bennett is is and I. <laughs> It's surprising that I'm saying this because I've been on the I've been on the side of you. I was on the side of you have Jalen Carter, you have uh, Markel Williams, you have Samuel Moton Jr. Mont Mondon Jr. I'm sorry. This defense is ferocious, even though they lost a bunch of people. This defense is still ferocious. And I was on the side of saying that Georgia is where they are today and and made them it made it to the national championship because of the defense and not as much because of Stetson Bennett. But these last two wins, the win against Ohio State even though we know about the missed field goal and this and in this national championship made me reevaluate some things. And I and, and and while yes, the defense is still the defense, and, and credit the defense, good job to the defense. Then this this defense is is gonna have. I mean, I think Jalen Carter is projected to go number one now. But Georgia wouldn't be fifteen and ten, fifteen and zero. Georgia wouldn't be two time national champions. Back to back national champions. Um, I apologize if it wasn't for Stetson Bennett. Not saying it's just him, but he played a huge part. And I have been slow to the party to giving Stetson Bennett his his props. But this team would not be where they are if it wasn't for Stetson Bennett. So again, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for doing something that almost is never done these days, and that's winning back to back. In anything, winning back-to-back national championships. And I will not be surprised if they will be right back here next year. So let's go from the highest of the highs to, unfortunately, the lowest of the lows. We talk about Black Monday. People understand. People don't understand what Black Monday is, or people that don't understand what Black Monday is. It's the Monday after the final week of the NFL. And we call they call it Black Monday because usually that's when coaches that were were close to getting fired usually gets fired. We've seen 
some coaches already get fired. Cliff Kingsbury, the coach or the former coach now of the Arizona Cardinals, he got fired. We kind of knew that was coming. Um, we kind of knew that was coming with the fact of how badly they regressed from year after year, and this is yet yet another a year. This is a yet oof, this is yet another year where. Arizona just drastically fell off the second half of the season. We've heard about tensions between uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury and management. So you knew that was going. Even though, and I hate to call people's job, I don't like people fired, but even though I feel Ron Rivera should be out there, he's somehow keeping afloat. But Scott Turner, thank God, from the Washington Commanders, the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, was fired. Bada bing, bada boom. I mean, you saw Washington's offense, the predictable offense. You saw just how bad the offense has been. I mean, if you've watched Washington for years, you know since Scott Foster has been there, the offense has been terrible. But the one that I really want to focus on and talk about is Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith is yet another casualty of the Houston Texans' uh Mismanagement. This this is four coaches in four years. That's a very that's a very illustrious or illustrious feat for organization to have four coaches in four years, four different coaches in four years. Let me let me first start by saying. And you can go back. You can go back and uh, check when I talked about this when David Cully was fired. I first I, I said I don't believe David Cully deserved to be fired. David, when you look at the Texans team, you kind of you have to look at the the material that you're you like. The material you have to paint this canvas. And the Texans have terrible, terrible material. Terrible paint, terrible paint brushes, terrible, uh, a terrible, like they're just terrible. So it was hard for, I'm almost sure Nick Saban, I'm almost sure Bill Belichick, or I'm almost sure any, most people could not save this Houston Texans team. It's not just because of, the team and and the players, but the management's bad too. There's no way the management can be good to have four coaches in four years. But I said when David Cully got fired, one, he didn't deserve to be fired. Two, I understand why he got fired. But with me understanding why he got fired doesn't mean that I agree with it. David Cully got fired because... The Texans organization thought if they hired a black coach, i.e. David Culley, that would get Deshaun Watson to stay. And as we saw, that did not happen. So because of that, they were like, well, if Deshaun Watson's not here, there's no need for David Culley. Even though David Culley did the absolute best. I know it was four wins, but David Culley did the absolute best he could do with that roster. 
Outside of Brandon Cooks and Darius or Davis Mills, which a lot of people don't even know is a quarterback, can you name anybody on this team? No. So, like I said, I don't believe David Culley should have got fired. And when that happened, I made a, I made a proclamation. I said, African-American coaches should not accept or want the Texans job. I said this because there is a track record of the Houston Texans not really understanding the importance of a black coach, not really respecting black coaches and not really respecting the, the head coaching position as a whole. That's one of the biggest reasons. Again, I understand all the off-field stuff that Deshaun Watson had, but that's one of the biggest reasons why Deshaun Watson wanted to leave Houston because he just he understood the organization. Does this is a this is a bad organization? So when David Culley got fired, I said, "Yo, black coaches should not want this job." I understand how difficult. It is for black coaches to get a head coaching job in the NFL. I get it. I mean, you see D'Amico Ryans. You see uh, Eric Bieniemy, You Hell, you see Brian Flores. Brian Flores was, was a successful head coach and got fired. Successful head coach. So I understand the difficulties that it is being African-American and trying to be a head coach in the National Football League, especially when the National Football League is damn near 90% African-American. But I said, yo, African-Americans should not want this job and should not accept this job because there's no, the Houston Texans haven't shown a track record of doing the right thing for African-Americans, especially at the head coaching position. Lo and behold, Lovey Smith got the job. I will first say, let's not forget, the only reason Lovey Smith got the job is because the league and social media was, was, was pressuring the Houston Texans to get anybody else. Because remember, the Houston Texans went age went Josh McCown. And Josh McCown was like an assistant coach for a high school team or something. No head coaching in the college realm. No head coaching in the NFL realm. No coordinator position in college. No, a, like nothing. And the Houston Texans were ready and prepared and wanted to give Josh McCown a job as the head coach over people like Lovey Smith, D'Amico Ryans, Eric Bieniemy, Leslie Frazier, Todd Bowles. Josh McCown was about to get that job. And because of the heat from the league and because of heat from social media, they did a quick pivot and went for Lovey Smith. So I don't think Lovey Smith should have ever been the head coach. It's not saying that Lovey Smith is not a good coach, not saying that he didn't deserve it. But I, you were the sec, you were the clear second option. 
And honestly, you really weren't even the second option. You were the option that because they just couldn't pick the first. They were just like, ah, but we really want to. No, you can't have him. <sighs> All right, we'll just do Lovey Smith. You were the, you were the, uh, Lovey Smith was the make face pick. We understand we messed up. You know when uh, a husband messes up? Or a, a spouse, whether a husband or wife, mess up? And then they start kind of going above and beyond. They start getting flowers all the time. They start just going above and beyond. Lovey Smith was the flowers. Lovey Smith was, well, We un I understand that we messed up. And the only reason why we feel we messed up is because people said that we did. But we understand. Let's just let's just scoot this Scott Josh McCown stuff to the side. We have a black coach. One thing that's so elusive in the NFL, we have a black coach. <laughs> Lovey Smith was the flowers. <laughs> but. I said from Jump Street, I don't think I I don't think black people should want this job. And now we sit here today and Lovey Smith was fired after one year. And I respect shouts out to Lovey Smith going out the way an African American should go out. On top. <laughs> we knew the Houston Texans are not good. And the Houston Texans were fighting for that number one spot or number one seed. Number The number one overall pick can change your franchise, like can flip it in. Not saying you have to draft somebody number one, but there's so much. You can get someone. You can get a quarterback for the number one pick. You can draft someone number one. You can get a bunch of return for the number one. The number one overall pick can change the trajectory of a franchise overnight. But Lovey Smith ain't care nothing about that. He had to know before that game. Lovey Smith probably knew. In fact, I'm sure Lovey Smith knew because the media pretty much knew. Lovey Smith knew before the game that this was his last game as a Houston Texans head coach. So if, I, if this is my last game, why would I do something to help you? When I'm already getting unjustly fired. Because... Again, it go. It also goes back to expectations and, and 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 unrealistic expectations. What do you think you're supposed to do with this roster? So Lovey Smith was like, "Yo, if I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on top, bro. I'm going to beat the Colts. Not only am I gonna beat the Colts, I'm going to go out with a win. I'm also going to go out, and you guys are not going to because you won too much." <laughs> And another team lost too much. You are going now the the Chicago Bears, I think, have the number one overall pick. Ultimate petty, which I respect. I respect it in some instances because it's, it's warranted, man. Lovey Smith. Black people should not want the head coaching position at or in Houston. Houston has not shown the ability to operate as a good franchise. 
Think about this franchise. Think about the history of the Houston Texans, man. They've had Andre Johnson. They've had J.J. Watt. They've had Deshaun Watson. What do they have to... What do they have to show for any of that? It's, again, I get it. I understand completely. I understand why a African, a, a black, a black coach, or anybody of African American descent, or 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 a black person, would take this job. Because jobs in this industry, at that position, are very scarce. Even though they shouldn't be, they're very scarce. But take it from Lovey Smith. Take it. Look at Lovey Smith. Look at David Cully. Two very deserving head coaches. And I'm not saying deserving as in deserving to just be a head coach, but deserving a year two that didn't get that opportunity. I'm not saying they didn't get the opportunity because they're black. I'm saying they didn't get the opportunity because the organization does not know how to function as a good organization. So now Lovey Smith is. Unemployed again. I don't know where the hell David Cully at. Two people that did that did a hell of a yes, Lovey Smith was what? Two two something and one. But again, look at that roster. Look at that roster and what do you expect? I will say this, and I understand. That's just not really a stat or whatever. But this team, the, the Houston Texans played hard. The Houston Texans, there was a bunch of games where they should have got destroyed that they almost won. I know that doesn't count for anything, but it's not like they didn't play for Lovey Smith. Like they they liked play. It's kind of like the Dan Campbell effect for the for the Lions. You know? The 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 Houston Texans they didn't they they didn't look unprepared they just were the lesser team every time they played except twice or three times technically so yeah man the last thing i'm gonna say on this african-americans should not accept the houston texans job let's move on let's talk about week 18 man let's 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 Break down what we saw for week 18. Um, the Chiefs beat the Raiders 31 to 13. Uh, did you know Patrick Holmes is like 16 and 0 against the AFC or AFC West? That is, that is insane. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, man, and and the Chiefs locked up the number one seed. Uh, it, look. Oh, I don't. <laughs> the Chiefs look tough. I will say this, man. There are there are holes in, especially when we talk about the passing defense for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man, and and they look all of all of fourteen and three. They they're gonna be tough out. 
Then the Raiders, you know, I'm surprised I haven't heard anything from Josh McDaniels yet. But as far as his coaching, his, you know, whatever. But yeah, um, the tech, no, uh, the Jaguars beat the Texans twenty to sixteen. First of all, congratulations to the Jaguars. Who the hell thought that they were not only going to win the AFC North, no AFC South, but they were in the AFC. Remember going to? I thought that the AFC South was going to be the Colts to win. <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I think that Doug Peterson should rightfully be in the head uh, coach of the year discussion, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won again. Look, nobody thought. Now I understand that the defense has a bunch of first round or first overall picks or first rounders, but even still, like nobody thought the Jaguars, especially after what we saw last year, was going to make the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence looked good. Like this, the Jaguars looked great. I understand, and for the Texans, I, I guess you can chalk this up to injury. I mean, they they suffered a lot of injuries this year. I, I will, I'm going to probably suck it up to injuries because there's no way a Mike Vrabel team just looked as bad as they looked towards. I mean, they lost, what, seven games or eight games in a row. Mike Vrabel fired like four or five offensive coordinators. Like, shouts out to the Jaguars, man. Um, the Falcons beat the Bucks 30 to 17. <sighs> This this loss isn't as bad as what we'll talk about when we talk about the Cowboys in Washington. But a lot of I don't feel confident in the Bucks in the playoffs. And nobody should after watching the Bucks this season. I mean, they're going into the playoffs under 500 one and two, they're not I mean, yes, you have the only reason why people have any type of fear or any type of lack of a better term, confidence for the Buccaneers is because they have Tom Brady. That's it. The defense has the defense has been okay, but it hasn't been great. Even though they have big names, they've been okay. The all the offensive line has been god awful, which is why the run game has been god awful. The connection between Mike Evans and and Tom Brady has not been there this entire year. There's only been there one game. The connection between Tom Brady and Chris Godwin hasn't really been there. So I don't feel confident. I don't feel confident, but shouts out to the Falcons. Uh the Bills the Bills beat the Patriots 35 to 23. First and foremost, uh DeMar Hamlin, he is he got transferred from this or he left transferred from the Cincinnati Hospital to the Bills or the hospital in Buffalo, all signs he's doing good. The man's talking, he's tweeting around, he's 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 responsive. He's he took a hard right turn. Um, the power of prayer, man. The power of prayer. Shouts out to Demar Hamlin. Shouts out to the Bills, man. The Bills. Uh, was it Naheem Himes? Najee Himes was he had two punt re- or kick returns. Won the first play of the game, and I think in the, in the second half, first time that's happened in Bills history, I think. The Bills, I knew that the Bills were going to destroy the pa- the pa- Patriots. Um, even though they only won by 12, the, 
the score was a lot closer than it should be, and and I'm still, I'm still, I still have my hesitations about the Bills. I thought the Bills, I understand they're thirteen and three, but I mean, the Bills haven't looked at Tom, uh, what's his name, Josh Allen threw yet another red zone interception. If the Bills were, I mean, if the Patriots were a better team, I think that they could have probably won. I'm, I still have my reservations and hesitations about the Bills, but shouts out for them for beating the Patriots. Uh, the Vikings beat the Bears twenty nine to three. The Vikings probably needed this after getting destroyed a week ago by the Packers. Uh, you get on the win, you you get on the right page going into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think Justin Jefferson beat the or got the record for most receptions in a season or most reception yards in a season. Uh, so I think that is still Cooper Cups to have. So, but shout out to the Vikings. The Bengals beat the Ravens twenty-seven to sixteen. Again, the Ra- Ravens were on a third string. Anthony Barnes and Anthony Brown or something. They're on a third string quarterback. Uh, I talked about this last episode, so I'm not going to harp on this whole Lamar Jackson thing. They're saying that he looks like he's he's going to play. Maybe I don't know. Um, I I give them absolutely no shot of winning without Lamar Jackson. That is the Ravens in the play. I'll talk about this next episode, but. Lamar Jackson didn't play. I'll say that. Uh, Joe Burrow looked all of Joe Burrow, and the bit the Bengals are a scary team. Uh, we talked about the Texans beating the Colts thirty-two to thirty-one. Jeff Saturday, boy, oh boy, you win the first game and lose the rest. It's crazy. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Jets eleven to six. First of all, what the hell is eleven to six? That is crazy. Um, but the Dolphins make the playoffs because of that. Um, shouts out to the Dolphins. We'll talk about them a little bit later. But shouts out to the Dolphins. Um, and shouts out to the Jets, too. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, they had a – from losing Brees Hall, uh, the whole Zach Wilson thing, they, they had they had a good season. And I, and I will say that. Uh, the Panthers beat the Saints 10-7. to uh, This game didn't matter. Both of the teams were eliminated. Shouts out to the yeah. Uh the Steelers beat the Browns twenty eight to fourteen. The Steelers didn't make the playoffs because you know the Dolphins won. The Steelers did not make the playoffs. However, I wanna say shout out to Mike Tomlin for Never having a losing season. I think this is a 16th straight season that he has not had a losing season. Uh, that is remarkable, especially when we've seen some terrible Steelers games. To see it, that just that just shows you just how good Mike Tomlin is, and it shows you he's he's one of the best coaches in NFL history. You know, we we don't like to throw. I don't know why, but they don't like to throw African Americans in that in that discussion. Like they don't like to when we talk about greatest coaches of all time, you never really hear about Mike or Tony Dungy. You never really hear about, you know, black coaches, but Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches to ever coach. And it's not just because of his record. I mean, I understand he has what, one or two Super Bowls, but it's the fact of you have to want to play for somebody. And you have to get your team to want to play. 
to be to never have an undefeated or never have a a losing record to be to be to put that into perspective bill belichick will probably go down as the greatest nfl coach ever he just had a losing season this year tom brady will go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks or no not one of as the greatest quarterback of all time he had a losing season this year the Steelers had Kenny started Kenny Pickett and Mr. Trubisky this year. And Mason Rudolph had some playing time. Mason Rudolph. TJ Watt was out. Minka, Par, Minka Parsons was out. There was so much that went on with this Steelers team, and you still got them to 9-8. and eight. And yet another year. Where they didn't go in 500. So, shouts out to the Steelers, man. Shouts out to the Steelers. Shouts out to Mike Tomlin for being one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. Uh, the Eagles beat the Giants 22-16. to I'm Not a lot of people played for the Giants. I know Saquon didn't play. I know Daniel Jones didn't play. Uh, Jalen Hurts came back, and he looked good. Yeah, man, the Eagles. The Eagles are going to be a tough out. The Eagles are going to be a tough out. Um, the Eagles are going to be a tough out. So, the Washington Commanders beat the Cowboys twenty six to six. Now, I talked about the Buccaneers losing to the Falcons was a bad loss, but not as bad as the Cowboys losing to the Commanders. The 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 Buccaneers really didn't have much to play for except for trying to build momentum going into the playoffs. The Cowboys, when the Cowboys were playing, they still had stuff to play for. There was a chance that they could have been the number one seed in the NFC. There was a chance that they could have been the number one seed in the NFC East. They were playing for the number one seed, a bye week, home court, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And to come out and lose, like, they didn't even look like they prepared to play. That's how bad they looked. It's, it, Dak Prescott threw a pick six. Botched, fump, botched kickoff or botched a punt the beginning of the game. It's just, Sam Howell had his first career start and looked ten times better than Dak Prescott did. This was a terrible loss for the Cowboys. Terrible loss. And going into the playoffs didn't really bold doesn't really bold confidence. It's yeah. Shouts out to the commanders. But yeah. Uh the Broncos beat the Chargers 31 to 28. It has been it has been a uh a theme. To question John St- or John Staley, John Staley's decision making. Uh, whether it is whether it is going for it on fourth down. Hold on, let me see something real quick. 
whether it's going for it on Brandon, I'm sorry, Brandon Staley, whether it's going for it on fourth down in 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 the opposing team's territory, whether it's some of his play calls, there have always been not always, but people have always questioned Brandon Staley's uh, decision making because a lot of his decision making has cost them cost them games hell it more than likely cost them actually ain't no more like it cost them a playoff position or a yeah the playoffs last year and and his decision making gotten or was called into question this week because the chargers had nothing to play for there was no seating arrangements the chargers literally had nothing to play for they're clinched nothing nothing to play for so why are you starting? Why are you playing all of your starters? It's different from the Cowboys. The Cowboys have something to play for, so they're gonna. They had a chance to be the number one overall seed. The, the Bengals have something to play for, so they're gonna play all their players. The Bills have something to play for. The Chargers have nothing to play. So why are you playing your starters? And I ask that because Mike Evans got hurt. I mean, uh, Mike Williams got hurt and Keenan, Keenan Allen got hurt. Don't get it twisted. Yes, Austin Eckler is great, but this team is going nowhere without a healthy Keenan Allen and with a, without a healthy Mike Williams. Now, it looks like Mike Williams isn't going to be that serious. Um, and he might he's probably going to play this weekend, but why risk it? Don't make no sense. And, and you ultimately lost. <laughs> oh, man. Um, shouts out to the Seahawks, man. The Seahawks beat the Rams 19-16. to I was drastically wrong about the Seahawks team. I was drastically wrong about the trade for Russell Wilson. I was drastically wrong about uh, Geno Smith. The Seahawks made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Seahawks. Oh, and the Rams, man. They uh first team in NBA NFL history to win a Super Bowl and I think the next year not even make the playoffs. They had five wins. Now I understand injuries has something to do with it and everything, but yeah, no, nah, it's you know, you're really starting to see the impact of Von Miller. Look at the Rams and look at what the Bills look like now. It's crazy. Now they're saying that uh, Sean McVay probably won't be there next year. Ah. Talk about how the mighty have fallen. You know what I mean? <laughs> but shouts out again to the Seahawks. Uh, the 49ers beat the Cardinals 38-3. to 13, I'm sorry, 38-13. to I mean, Cliff Kingsbury got fired, so. J.J. Watt played his last game. Shouts out to J.J. Watt, you know. In the game that everyone's been talking about, the Packers lost to the Lions 16-20, to eliminating the Packers from playoff contention. This has been an uh, interesting season. No, this has been a terrible season for the Green Bay Packers. Not making the playoffs, especially when you were projected as like the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. 
Didn't even didn't even make the playoffs. A lot of that is because of you know Devonte Adams not being there. A lot of that is on to, on Aaron Rodgers not showing up for for OTAs and and you know training camp and everything and not getting a a, a better rapport earlier with his players. I mean with his wide receivers, his young wide receiver card Romeo Dobbs or uh, Christian Christian Watson. Now Christian Watson did come you know break out at the end of the year. But shouts out to the Lions, man. The Lions knew they had nothing to play for after seeing the Seahawks win. But they were just like, yo, if we're not making the playoffs, y'all ain't making the playoffs. Shouts out to Jamal Williams uh, for, I think, breaking breaking uh, Barry Sanders' sing- single season touchdown record for the Lions. Shouts out to Jared Goff. People threw him. I threw him away. Like, no, shouts out to Dan Campbell. The, the Lions organization, the Texans organization, should take a hard look at the Lions organization and try to mold that because the Lions organization got it right. Yes, they didn't make it to the playoffs, but they had a very successful season. They should feel great about themselves. They should feel great about their their future. Green Bay Packers, though. Whew. Now you have questions. Is, is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? I know we said the whole carousel thing. You got to get off one time. Like, it's not. I'm not going to put this all on Aaron Rodgers, of course. The defense underachieved this entire year. Uh, it goes back to head coaching. I don't understand why there was a lot of games where – they didn't lean on the running game more until the end. The season, yes, they they built momentum with like the four game win streak, but you know they lost. So shouts out to the Lions. Uh, that has been weak. Uh, that's been my week eighteen breakdown. So let's move on. Uh KD, who seems, we talk about, we talk about uh, Anthony Davis a lot getting injured. I don't want to really put the injury, injury like prone tag on KD, but it's starting to look like it. KD has been injured a lot. KD, and he gets injured in freak ways, like people falling into his ankle and people falling into his knee. KD has an MCL sprain, which I'm glad it's just a sprain, but he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Um, I don't remember. When's the last time KD played in the All-Star game, too? Because he always gets hurt close to the All-Star weekend. Uh, I don't think – and, I, and I, talk, I talked about this what, an episode ago. I don't think that – even with a healthy KD, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets have a chance of winning the Super or Super Bowl NBA championship. I definitely don't think they have a shot without KD. And I think that they're going to struggle these next what two weeks or whatever. He's not there. Yes, you have Kyrie, but this team was was thriving off of the two man play from with Kyrie and KD. Well, you take one of them out, you can solely focus on on stopping Kyrie. 
So I I think that it's it's a t- it's a tough time to get injured. I don't I don't wish injury upon anyone anyone. I'm glad it was just an MCL sprain because I mean Jimmy Butler fell into KD and, and it could have been much worse. But I think that they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle. So I do not think they're go- they're they're going to be able to. I'm not going to say they're going to bottom out in two weeks, but I don't think that they're going to be able to sustain. I mean, unless Ben Simmons, which a lot of people, including myself, forgot he was on this team. Unless Ben Simmons just has a come to Jesus moments and turns into the LSU Ben Simmons and the and the, and the Ben Simmons that we saw be an all-star in Philly, they don't have a shot of – I'm not going to say they're going to lose every game, but – it's going to be a lot on Kyrie. Let me just, let's just say that. So let's move forward. I do want to give a shout out to Javante Davis for uh, winning TK. In fact, let me see something. Winning TKO against Hector Garcia. Now, a lot of people were saying that that was an easy fight. But. Shouts out for Javante Davis for taking this fight in the or but right before he's supposed to fight Ryan Garcia, which a lot of people think that or a lot of people have him above high in their boxing as in Ryan Garcia. Uh, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but Javante Davis should be considered one of the best pound for pound fighters in the league. Uh I you know I I don't what what's what's stopping why do when people talk about Canelo Alvarez, why does Javante Davis get in the same conversation? Devin Haney, why doesn't Earl Spence, uh Terrence Crawford. And Terrence Crawford, a lot of people get are upset with Terrence Crawford because they feel like he ducks a lot of the smoke. Like why why do we never talk about Javante Davis in the same breath that we talk about uh, Lomachenko. You know, I just I just feel he's proven. I mean, he's proven that he is one of the best pound for pound fighters. Yes, he's what five five, but he packs a punch. Uh, I don't know, man. Shouts out to Ryan Gar- or shouts out to Javante Davis for beating Hector Garcia in TKO. I think it was in the ninth round. Like the dude didn't get off the stool, so. Shouts out to you, man. And lastly, before we go, look. I don't I don't think I've ever seen a I don't think I've ever seen a um free agent discussion go the way that it went for Cabrera and the Twins. First, realize Cabrera Cabrera was pretty much he was on what three teams? I'm looking it up right now. He was on three teams. <laughs> so apparently, all this stems from questions about a, a, a old physical and teams were questioning if they were going to get like if he was going to pass a physical or whatever 
the man the man was with the was <laughs> the man signed a contract with the Mets for physical he ended up signing a 200 uh, six year 200 million dollar deals with the Minnesota Twins and passes physical which is funny but yeah no but that was I shouts out to that I've never seen don't get it twisted Carlos Cabrera uh, Carrera Correra is one of the best players in in baseball so I don't understand I get the whole concern but I mean he signed with the Minnesota Twins and the very next day passed his physical like I don't the Mets boy the Mets Shouts out to Carlos Carrera, man. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. Get your multiple, get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. I have multiple colors, multiple different designs. Whatever you're looking for, I got you. Just click the link, click the material, or click the item, click the color. Click add to cart, click buy, bada bing, bada boom. It should be to you in a week or two. Um, and please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Until next time, much love. Yeah. No, a nigga don't really want to take his cool off. Uh, Boy, do it. She called me early in the morning when she's all alone. Set the mood, girl, I brought some Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay Hold up, 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 yeah, yeah She love the way I'm doing it, do it So good she won't put my tattoo on it Bottom line is, you the finest Get you with new name, what's that, what's that, what's my bitch Hold up, hold up, whoa there Let's capture this moment If I hit it, then I own it Marijuana in every morning And Patronin', girl, we groanin' Lord. But that pussy got me feelin' like a kid with the streetlights on Streetlights on, on You know I gotta go until it's early in the morning This is all alone I'ma take my time Do it how we want Just to set the mood Girl, I brought some Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay So just let the song play The long way You talking to a grown ass man? It's like wait, 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 too much up in your pants for us not to make the bed squeak. There goes the bitch. Nobody rip the swag off. Oh, I rip the tag off. Why my pants sag off? Cause I'm rapping my ass off. Flow so ugly. Money so handsome. This the fucking anthem. Get it? <laughs> the fucking anthem. Ah! Early in the morning. When she's all alone. I'ma take my time. Do it as we want. Just to set the mood. Girl, I brought some modern day and Chardonnay. So just let the song play the long way, strong way, it's our 
talk too much shit, but you love it when I talk like a lost it. And I love how you look when you're blazing, and I swear you turn at least half Asian. And we bout to have a liaison, she's so cool, give hair with a shades on. You just just gone through a cape on, and it's just so amazing, so amazing, so amazing. Take it to the car, bloop, bloop. That shit look like I'm speed racing. Leaving with me, it'll boost your reputation. West side is where I'm stationed. Spent all night just champagne tasting. Ain't no rush, girl. Let's just pace it till it's early in the morning. Yeah. morning. Yeah. She's all alone. I'ma take my time. Do it how we want. Just to set the mood. Girl, I brought some modern day and Chardonnay. So just let the song play. The long way. Was all inspired by a little Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay.